Hey guys, welcome to the first Ask Glinsos SEO. And obviously, I'm completely new to this whole video production thing, so I doubt that I'll get anything right. Look, I even got my sunglasses on. How funny is that? Um, so basically, this is going to be the first video on a SEO series that I'm starting on YouTube, clearly, because you've been watching it on YouTube. Um, I may do snippets here and there, I'll take off and I'll put on other uh, platforms. But really, I've been asked, you know, all the content you're producing so far has been more around um, business orientated, me personally, it, you know, so, so native to YouTube, I'll be trying to focus more on the SEO side of things. And as I learn and continue to grow in my understanding and um, uh, education of SEO as things progress and technologies evolve, I'll be creating uh, more and more uh, videos and hopefully you guys can come along along with the journey with me and, and as I learn you learn. Look, look at my shirt, look how funny it is. Completely unprepared to be on video, but I'm gonna do it anyway because it's fun and hopefully I get to talk about SEO that I was gonna do anyway to, by myself, so why not record it? So basically, the Ask Linos tweet went out on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and basically, why that's so awesome is is because I'm, it's 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 untapped. This trend can go really really far, or it may not. But you, you never know if you don't try, right? That's what my mum used to say. At least you try it, you won't know. Look, I'm going off camera and everything, so it's pretty funny. Um, the the first question came in from a colleague of mine who probably just wanted to test out whether the asking us uh, trend on Twitter. He asked it on Twitter. Um, is it gonna like? Is it working? So I'm gonna ask you a question that I know he kind of knows the answer to, but he wanted at least my perspective. And what that was was, thank you, James Norquay from Prosperity Media. Shout out. Um, he asked me what are my top five favorite on page and off page. And at the time of writing this on the board, April 2018, ask me my hashtag. Please, guys, ask this question. I really want to know. I've, I've written down five on page, which I'll go through in the video, and five off page that I'll also uh, explain further. Now, I'm trying to keep this video to about 20 to 25 minutes, otherwise it just blows out completely, and I don't wanna, I actually wanna make this reasonably sized, but at the same time, keep it fun and engaging, and hopefully we all have a good time, right? Yay, SEO, I love it. Okay, awesome. So one of the five, I'm probably gonna go off screen just to point to things. One of the five on page, we'll start with on page first, and there's so many, and like, other than accessibility, everything's not in really any particular order. Um, and, and it'll be just five, you know, depending. See, what, what really happens is different websites have different problems. So some websites generally will need a certain area that we need to focus on. Some will be more in the content marketing, some will be more on technical SEO, some will be more on a specific type of link building. So it all really depends upon the client, but I've, I've found that five of these on page and five of these off page pretty much uh, encompass all the, all the SEO um, sort of sites that we, and campaigns that we handle. So I've been doing SEO for 11 years and I still have fun a lot, a lot of fun. And it's, it's awesome to kind of see how SEO has grown over the last, 10 years, especially when I started, it was easy to manipulate the rankings. Um, on page mainly, you could manipulate so much and how that sort of advanced and, 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 and evolved to a point now where on page SEO is still extremely important as it lays the right foundation down 
and you wouldn't believe it. I didn't put URL. I'm going to talk about URL because they're important. Um, and so it'd be six. But basically, the 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 whole point is is that as things grow and develop and evolve, these will as well. But on page, the way in which search engine, the robot Google, and being how they understand and in, interpret pages, because we don't really care pretty much for any other robots other than Google and Bing. And most of you probably don't even care about anything else other than Google. Yay, shout out to Google. So basically, these six pretty much are important for all sites, especially number one. So let's get started. One, accessibility. It seems obvious, right? You'd be surprised how many times I've had sites where the robots has blocked out Bing or the website has blocked out all robots. And what happens is more and more websites are getting written in WordPress. And when they when developers are, are basically um, building the website and the accessibility, I could go on for like two hours just some accessibility. But basically with more and more websites being built in WordPress, and if you go and have a look at your website and do a forward slash wp-login.php, you'll figure out whether it's WordPress or not, or probably, hopefully, your developers told you, if you don't already know, if it is WordPress. Um, and what happens is I've had developers, they've built sites, and what they've done is they basically have disallowed the robots to crawl the website, which makes sense when you're developing the website, but then when they push it live, they forget to turn it back on. And... I don't really like, I'd rather development get done off-site because um, I don't like splash pages, you know, waiting for my new website to come and blah, 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 blah. If you've got a website already, leave it and develop the other one on the side. If you don't already have a website, then it doesn't really matter. But if you do have a website and you're developing it, probably best to get it sort of developed under the development server and then push it live when it's ready to go live. So what happens is developers, they forget to turn on allowed search engine crawls and basically you block the entire accessibility of a website. So it's just amazing how people just forget to untick a checkbox. Also, there may be robots.txt, so the, the robots.txt file is a file, if you don't already know, that kind of directs and instructs search engines um, how to crawl a website. So there can be certain sections we have, we have seen over, I've seen especially over many years of doing SEO where they blocked out pages where it makes no sense to block out. So it's very important that one, your website can be accessible and that that, that could be two reasons. One, it could be a robots.txt um, directive. So you put disallow all or no robots will crawl the website like I mentioned the developers do. Other times, it may be that the website basically cannot be understood. So Google goes there and has written and is built in a way that it can't understand what basically what the website is. Now, this was a really, really big issue when... I kind of transitioned out of my web design days back in 06, 07, where most websites were built in Flash. Like they had all these little quirky little Flash things and, and you put text in Flash and it was really weird and basically couldn't access any links in that content. So the big thing about accessibility is making sure that there's nothing wrong with the HTML and there's nothing in the robots.txt that's blocking the site. Because if it is, then pretty much everything else really doesn't matter a whole lot. I mean, Google may at times, if it realizes you made a mistake, might ignore it. But for the purpose of this video, I'm not saying that. We're going to make sure your website is accessible to search engines and search engines understand it in a way where your whole website is open up to them. 
the areas where you want them to crawl. Second thing is mobile optimized. Now with mobile first indexing is on the horizon, it seems to be what everyone is basically talking about. If what I recommend, I mean, I've still got only one client that has an M dot domain uh, and that becomes quite quite annoying, you know, because the content has to serve both for mobile and has to serve both for desktop and then de-indexing mobile content because you want the desktop to be implemented and it gets really, because you get duplicate content issues. So if your website isn't responsive, and look, I'm not gonna go into what a responsive website is because you can go on Google and type in what's a responsive website. But basically, if you go on your mobile phone and you can actually see the like little three little, um, uh, basically horizontal lines and you can see a nice navigation menu and all the content is nicely placed in any device that you're, you're observing the website in, more than likely it's responsive. But if your website looks exactly the same as it does on a desktop, as it does on a mobile, then there's a good chance that it isn't responsive. So mobile first, from a point of view that Google now is doing the opposite, so actually that client that does have the m.domain, domain, we are getting a new website, and I can see the time's already ten minutes, and I'm barely gone to the third point. Um, this is going to be this is going to be fun. So I have to speed through, but basically, making sure your website is responsive, so it works any device, so you don't have an m dot, or you don't have a mobile version, or you don't have a slash mobile, or anything weird and crazy like you don't have to do that anymore. You just have to update your website if it isn't responsive, guys. If your website isn't responsive, forget all this, make your website responsive, get rid of the video, turn it off, ring up your developer, find one, get it mobile optimized. And by that means, get it responsive so it works on any device. So long going forward, then you don't have to worry about it too much. And then there's AMP, which is accelerated mobile pages, which I won't get into right now, but Google it, because it's really awesome in, in some ways but it's a little bit limiting in others in terms of functionality and how pages basically get read. Um, and so they look nice and beautiful on a, mo on a mobile device, like a blog page, but then when you're gonna page it really heavy in terms of resources, it does become a little bit tricky to get around that. So A&P is pretty important, but just for the speed of this uh, video, I've gotta keep moving. Crawlability, ah, my favorite part of, it, of the entire 11. The thing about crawlability is most most web design WordPress responsive designs now have taken care of that, but crawlability used to be huge. And what crawlability is, is making sure that your key links, for example, are text-based, in, in the sense that they're, they, they basically, they can be image, of course, but what, they is, what that means is, is that you've got um, a hrefs. So the links are written in, the, in a way that it has an href. Now, if, you're, if, you're, if you don't know what ahrefs are, don't worry, but you can also Google them, and it basically is just any basic link generally has an ahrefs. Now, you'd be surprised, and Google is getting better with this, but because they had to, but basically in the past, webs websites that we've seen, especially when I was working with my large agency, cool mate of mine, uh, Matthew Forza from Yoga Digital, yay, another shout out. We used to test and experiment different like JavaScript links and if you don't know what JavaScript is, it doesn't matter, but basically any link that isn't ahref is gonna have a bit of an issue with crawlability. I recommend, see what happens is now with, with sort of content where you can kind of manipulate it and change it in a way and then if you click it, it changes. 
that's okay. It depends on the example, but just from a from a so we're speeding the video up. I don't want to get too complicated. The Ahrefs are basically all your, like top navigation, bottom navigation, contextual linking should all be. It doesn't matter whether the image is because you put images in Ahrefs. That's fine for your non-techie uh, uh, viewers. But in terms of all links should stand and be around Ahrefs. Another big problem when it comes in crawlability is when you've got a website like one of my clients, which has over you know fifty to one hundred thousand pages, and you have problems with redirects. So basically, what that means is is even little issues like to optimize the crawlability. I've seen examples where certain top the developers for some strange reason made links in capitalized. So when you when you click on them, you don't see this because it's all kind of happening by the server and you're wasting server crawl allocated budget, which is a which is a written crawl allocated budget, which I'm going to get to. But basically, the uh, crawlability uh, is also based on not. So you're serving the right URL straight from the get-go. So if you have, you know, um, forward slash Omega Digital, all lowercase, with the with the with the trailing forward slash, and that's how it gets served next. When you have, you click on it and it looks exactly the same, you've, you you're optimizing the fact that it doesn't have to go through any hops, any other loops to get to this destination. So basically, if it's like forward slash Omega. In capitals, let's just get rid of digital to make it smaller. So you've got a link where it's, where it's supposed to be all lowercase forward slash, but then you've got an uppercase example. Oh, I know it's probably like reverse, but you guys get the point. Um, lowercase, and then it's going to go, oh, so this is the link. So when you user clicks on that, it's got to redirect back to that. So basically, you're, 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 you're causing too much load and, 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 and unnecessary redirects and load, which also affects page speed, and it can affect the, the amount of um, uh, URLs Google will crawl. Second big, and that's, that goes on and on. Second big thing is pagination. Or oh, no one seems to have a really good sort of solution. Even the top SEOs that I listen to in America, they're basically what pagination is. If you've ever gone and scrolled to like, especially e-commerce sites, and they have thousands of like products in a category, and then you're gonna click next, 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 next. Well, to be honest with you, if that isn't coded correctly, you're gonna cause massive crawlability loops to the point where one of my client sites, it, it doesn't get to all the pages and products as quickly as it would have if the pagination wasn't 400 pages long. So, what the solutions been is you can install there's things like you know what I can't even write down I'm just gonna gonna keep moving but you can install like link uh, next and previous HTML tags so if you're listening to this and you've got a developer maybe shoot them the video and say do we have uh, next and previous or leave a comment below and I can have a look at your website for you and that goes for anything by the way um, so basically if you have pagination um, that's really really long make sure that you've got a no index installed so basically as google's crawling it it doesn't index the pagination urls why don't we want that well we want to we, we don't need a page we don't need page equal to to be indexed so what you do is you install you put no index and then you put a follow in the meta robots so if you don't really understand that's fine you can pass it off to your developer so what that tells google is I don't want to index the pagination, but
but I want to follow the, 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 the links on the page and I want to keep browsing through to get to the other products. If you don't put the follow, usually we'll do it anyway, but if you should put the follow the directive. What that will tell is, I, I know there's more and more links and with the next and previous, you're telling Google and instructing them what the next page is, so you're improving the crawlability. And basically, you should have actually sitemaps, I haven't put sitemaps and I won't go into sitemaps, but you should have a sitemap that takes care of that. The, all of the, like a product XML sitemap that you can submit to Google. And again, just tell this to your developer. So with pagination, you're gonna have pages like, you know, one, two, three, four, five. So anything greater than obviously page one, because you don't want to index your, you know, this is the, this is the, the this, this is the main bolded text highlight of what I'm gonna say. Don't know index page one, okay? Because if you know index page one, that whole category is gone, right? So you only know index from pages greater than two greater than two so what you do is you tell google i don't need to index page two but i'll follow the links because then usually on the pagination will just be product pages usually inside categories usually this happens inside a category page where there's thousands of products and you basically tell google okay, i'm going to follow each of these pages um, and follow out the link so as they come there they'll be like they say you, you sell shoes so it's got a, a product on this page on page on pagination page four you have basically um a no index follow you have a, a, a previous um link tag in the html which says that the previous page is three and the next page is five your developer will understand and then you've no index that because it's greater than two and then you put the follow, so it follows the links and it gets to page five as well. But most, most important, it starts following the products. So your products get followed, crawled, and indexed. And crawling is not the same as indexing. I, I can't believe how many people get confused with that, but that would be a different day. So crawling is not indexing, but by allowing this, you're, 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 you're telling Google that they can crawl those pages. And I've got to get off crawlability because I get too excited. I love it. There's so much to talk about it. Internal link optimization. I don't have a whole lot to say about this because I have to really speed it up, but basically internal link optimization is making sure that you're linking to the right pages in contextually within blog sites and blog pages. That's important. What, so basically you've got a page on your on your site about it doesn't have to be blog, doesn't have to be blog pages, but it could be anything. Let's say you've got a page that's all about shoes, just a general category page about shoes. Well, why wouldn't you be? Why wouldn't you link to the page? Let's say you're going through in your page, and then didn't you get to the part where you're talking about a specific type of shoe? Or here's a list of other shoes that we do. So it might be, you know, I don't know, like whatever, like red shoes, blue shoes. Like let's say it goes from shoes, and then you're talking about a red shoe. Then you link off internal linking that into another page that talks about red shoes. Because what happens is anything that's very generic, like a forward slash shoes. In that content, Google will give this page more authority because most of the time it will be linked in the top navigation, so it'll be linked to every single page, and that's internal page authority, which I can't get to. But if you have a top navigation page called Shoes, and then you've got a, a, a page about that, and then you're linking off to, then you didn't, didn't you mention the word red shoes, well then it's good to go to them forward slash red. It makes sense to link to your internal linking to your other shoe-related pages from the main shoes 
contextually. It doesn't have to be that way in top navigation, but contextually it's important that if you've got content that is more generic and you want to link out to specific pages, well, you do that internally and you do that what they call internally and contextually. So you're linking within the content. How you link that text is very important as well. You don't want to spam it. You link it as it makes sense to a user. Don't worry ultimately too much about the robot. So if it's a red shoe and you mention red shoes and then you link that, then that's fine. Or maybe even just look like, like red and then it like links off. You get the point. Like this is so huge. I do this all the time and making sure that my clients' internal pages link off to right sections. It could be about, you could have a suppliers page and then you want to have a dedicated suppliers page. So you obviously want to internally link that to the right suppliers pages. So you include, you know, forward slash suppliers, forward slash supplier name, whatever that is. So how you link that is general, where you link that is important, very important. So Google keeps understanding the flow of your website. I'm going to make sure I stay in camera. Okay. Wow, it's looking like a mess. Um, page speed. I don't need the whiteboard for page speed. Obvious. Along with mobile optimized, Google, I haven't done any tests, but the advanced SEO group that I'm a part of and the content that I've been reading, and I haven't, I haven't, see, this is the thing about SEOs, right? They'll, they'll produce a lot of content, but you've got to go and research it. It's been most top SEOs will agree that the mobile if your site isn't mobile optimized, you will be penalized. Not because it's a bad thing not to be mobile penalized, but because it's gonna bum up the sites that are mobile penalized, uh, mobile optimized, and if you're not, it's gonna drop you. So it's not gonna give you any like a direct hit, but it's gonna be more indirect. And it's just gonna be a cross against your website. But it's gotta be responsive for user experience as well, guys. Just not just only about SEO. So page speed is also similar to mobile optimized in the sense that if your site isn't fast, or, and I'll get to what's a good fast site, I mean, that varies, but what's a good fast site, usually around three to four second load time, and it just becomes hard for developers when there's a lot of content, but page speed, if it's slow, like if your page speed is something really terrible, 10 seconds, 15 seconds, or whatever the case may be, now, Google necessarily won't target you directly, but they will target you indirectly if there's a better page that is faster than yours to load. So it's more of a, you know, you've got to do it. And also it comes back, mobile optimized, page speed optimized, all comes back to one thing, ultimately, user experience. Who wants to sit on their mobile phone, as so my wife does, half time, half time. Actually, half time for me when I watch Liverpool, right? So in the half time I'm watching Liverpool, so I want to always use my wife. And I want to browse, What's happening in another game? So I go to Google and I type in, you know, Manchester United Arsenal. That page loading up slow. What, what's the first thing I'm going to do if it doesn't load up in one second? And we're all, we're all a little bit impatient, right? Let's be honest. Click back. Gone. See you later. I'm not looking at you anymore. So, <laughs> so user experience both is mostly important for mobile optimized and page speed. That's the most, that's the most uh, biggest reason why Secondary, of course, Google will actually start penalizing because Google's a business, so they want you to pay. Um, they want you to basically improve your site, not just because it's good for everybody else, but it's good for them. Because if they send you to a, to, if they send uh, you to a page and you click back, that's bad on Google because they haven't delivered to you what they are claiming to do, right? So that the best thing of Google, the best thing Google can do is serve you the content you're looking for as fast as possible and 
and you're as happy and you start browsing the site and you spend a bit of they want you to spend more time in the sites that they, they're referring you to than a site that you're actually on Google search results looking for what you're looking for. Because if you can't find what you're looking for, they failed. Or if they send you to a page that's slow, that isn't optimized if you're looking on it from a mobile, they're damaging their sort of reputation in why is Google sending me to this site I can't even look at or it's too slow. So they're thinking about their best interest, but of course, their best interest is the best interest of users in general, and users in general want a site that's, that's fast and that's mobile optimized, so get that done. And obviously, I wrote down here, and I touched on it earlier, crawl allocated budget. Crawl allocated budget, so important. So basically, the faster your site is to crawl and download, the more likely Google, in a, in a, in a long story short, right? Um, the, the, basically, the faster your site is, generally, the more pages that it will actually have, the more time it will actually have to browse other pages. Why is that important? Well, when you've got 10 pages, it probably isn't that important. When you start getting up to 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000, it becomes hugely important because basically you want, um, when I started working with, with one of my other clients, he would basically argue, like, I've loaded this product and I can't find it. Why? Well, because of crawlability, number one, bad crawlability, as I mentioned, um, and two, um, page speed wasn't that great. So basically, crawlability is what slowed it down. And then basically, the page speed was how much resources were loading, had the redirect problem. That's actually the client that I'm thinking of, had all these kind of problems. But then, if you've got 50,000 pages, one second difference may mean your website gets crawled in one visit by Google 20 or 30% more. So if you've got products that you're adding to the website and you're changing things all the time and your website is huge, that can be the difference of someone going to Google and typing in red shoe and seeing your link and seeing your listing as opposed to not seeing it because they don't even know you got it and they, never, and they don't even have time to get to it. So it's very, very important page speed is good, and, and, and crawlability and page speed go, they sort of do go hand in hand, but people don't usually talk to them in the same way in the same context. Okay, URLs, I've got to speed through this. And actually off page is quite quick, so I'm probably just going to do it all in one um, video. URLs, quick. There's, I've actually had a bit of a debate with Dean uh, from Banklinko about short URLs versus long, and I agree with pretty much everything he says with one sort of... Not, I'm, I'm against what he said, but in some cases, not always possible to do a short URL. My understanding is, if you can do a short URL, definitely do the short URL. Google does like, and there has been data to show, that they do prefer short URLs. But if your keyword is car storage, then it makes sense to have car, dash, which symbolizes space, storage. But what happens if you've got, your, your business is storage related, but it has cars, it stores cars, it stores boats, it stores like 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 canards. They store heaps of stuff, right? And if they want to talk to you, they want to create pages for every possible thing they can store, you're gonna have storage slash all the different types of things you can store. So also blog posts, if they've got forward slash blog, forward slash category name, which might be storage, and then forward slash, you might want to put words like, you know. What, what, are, what are the top three best ways to store my TV so it doesn't get damaged or something? Well, you want to include those few keywords in the title because it's a long tail search. So my argument was, if it's a long tail search, the URLs can be long. 
I haven't found any re anything to sort of, and if I'm wrong, I want to be corrected, but I've found that the long tail keywords like long tail URLs, and this is going to go back to testing. Whereas if your content is more generic, more specific, if you're not typing in something in Google like what are the, what are the top three best ways to store my TV um, so it doesn't get rain damaged or something like that and it's that long your query, then, then Google's not going to have too much of an issue of showing it because it's going, it's going to want to bold, which I've got to talk about, bold the different keywords that you're typing for. So it's looking for it in the URL, it's looking for storage, TV, best ways all over. And so it bolds, you, it bolds the keywords in the URL and it bolds the content in the description. So it might, what it boils down to is if the content is long and it's a long tail, look, try to keep it as short as possible. Definitely is a good rule. But understandably, it's going to be a little bit longer than, than just ranging for car storage, for example, which is it makes sense to have car dash dash again being the symbol for space, better than underscore. Um, my preference. So, card dash storage, yeah. So basically, if if you got a long tail, try to keep it as short as possible. But don't be don't be too worried about it. I, I don't think it's a big issue. And make sure that your URLs are rewritten in a way which includes words and doesn't. I don't know if I can get it on the screen, but doesn't include. Actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't include things like um, page dot php question mark one seven six five four. I know what that means because I used to be a developer, but what does that mean to the, to the average user looking at that content? Nothing. What does that look like to Google? It's a little. It's less information they have to understand what your page is about. So if your URLs don't describe at least what the page is about, bomb. It's an easy thing to change most of the time, and especially if you're using content management systems, the top content management, WordPress, Magento, Shopify. Oh man, the list goes on. They should they should basically take care of that for you. Okay, I gotta get off on page. I love on page. And I gotta get my buddies one day and we're gonna have an on page SEO marathon because I absolutely love on page. Off page is also very exciting. I'm getting my change the, the pen now to blue blue. I'm gonna try to change it to purple. Poor off page, I kind of shoved it into the corner and it probably deserves a little bit more respect. I didn't put this down in the top five to James, but I'm gonna mention social media because it's really ridiculous that it's not mentioned. So in order, not necessarily, this doesn't have any necessarily particular order. Again, it's sort of opportunities and things to look out for because every website is gonna be different. It's not as sort of black and white as on page where things are more obvious. Well, it's obvious, but sometimes this is generally for everybody. This may not always apply, some of them, right? Um, so first I put down broken links. Now, like guys, I worked for a, a, a website, I did some work for, that had a link from TAFE New South Wales to a course they were providing. So top link, but guess what was happening? It was 404. So, so the client at the time, so if, if a website is linking to a page that's 404, and anyone doesn't know what a 404 is, is a page not found. So you had the page, that was, it, it existed six months ago, and all of a sudden, for some reason, whether you removed it from the, from the database or whatnot, what it actually got knocked off the, the um, it just got removed, and so therefore it starts a 404 error. So what the broken links do is when it, when it sends authority over to the 404, 
up to the normal page and then at four or fours, you, you don't get that authority. So when you've got a site like, I got all text all over me, yeah. When, you, when, you're, when you've got that particular client that we fixed up, we put, the, we, we put the page back live. It was just a page that they didn't even know they deleted. And actually, it should have been on the site. When we made that page live again, in rankings just went straight up because it was a top quality uh, link and they started getting the authority again. So will Google change how they understand 404s and whether they pass the authority if you page 404s? Maybe, but right now, and especially the time I did my client, no. And also, broken links, again, usually with SEO, there's always more than one reason why you do things. Broken links and, and sending more link authority is extremely, extremely important because the more authoritative, relevant links linking to your site, it's going to give you a much bigger boost in conjunction with a strong on-page SEO foundation. But most of the time, it's also good for two, another reason. Do you know what that is? Have a quick one, two, three, three. No, okay. I'll just give you the answer. So sending traffic. Hello. The reason why links were made in the first place was to send me to another site that's relative, that's related to, to, so if I'm looking at, okay, I'm using the Liverpool because I'm a massive Liverpool fan, so if you're a Liverpool fan, just shout out just for the sake that I'm a Liverpool fan. Um, whether you like my content or you don't, it <laughs> doesn't matter. So basically, it would send the link authority over, over to it. Great, boost up your rankings in the search engines. Second, sending traffic. So I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm looking at some guy's blog about why Liverpool should win the Premier League next season. And then he links off to, 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 to a page where I can buy a Liverpool merchandise. So I want to buy a new shirt, different size because I'm getting bigger all the time. So I click on a specific shirt with a specific size and then I go to that page, bum bum 404. What do I do? What would you do? If you see, I know what my grandmother would do. She clicked on the link, see the big error. She's going to think she broke the internet. So, <laughs> so basically what I'm going to do, and I'm probably an average techie web user, I'm clicking back. First thing, I'm not going to go through the site and try to find the product. I'm clicking back to see if I can find it somewhere else. I'll go off the site as well. So it damages his site a little bit. And I'll go back to Google. Maybe I'll, I'll re-Google it or, or something like that. Or maybe I just won't come back. So therefore, I can maximize the traffic. And most four or four page content isn't tracked. I don't think. Actually, never really thought about that. But the point is, is that most traffic's on a dying end, even though people get really, 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 really creative in, in um, basically having these creative 404 error pages saying, it's okay, you haven't broken the internet, you haven't broken our website, but here's some related products or related posts or related pages or whatever. That can sometimes help, but guys, send traffic, make sure your pages aren't dead. Very important for SEO value, so you, you, you're collecting the link authority and you're also sending traffic in the right spot, very important. Second, content roadshow. In, so basically, this is a, a, a I've got to give kudos to Dean from Banklinko because he's the one that kind of conceptualized it really well. I was already doing this, but I'm gonna give credit to him because the way in which he described the process, he gave the names, I'm gonna make sure I shout out to Brian. Um, he, he basically came up with that name and the theory is you produce awesome content. So, so what you're doing is you're doing a service to the internet, you're doing the service to the, to the general user and you're doing a service to Google and you're doing a service to you. 
Let's say you find a, um, a post, I'm gonna use another client's example, the 27, you find a post, you do a Google search, you find 2017 engagement ring examples. Then you create a post that says the 2018 engagement ring, uh, sorry, let's say the page is the 2017 engagement ring trends, and basically you, you, you kind of have a site where you're showing rings from a time where maybe certain things are in fashion, so just stay with me. And then in 2018, you're producing the new content that maybe you elaborate more, you, you, you actually show more different rings that, and also back it up because maybe Kim Kardashian's wearing a particular style or another celebrity's wearing a particular style and that seems to be trending more. You produce that content on your site. So you make, basically what I'm trying to say is, you take awesome content that already exists out there that another influencer is linking to. So let's say, let's say a broader magazine is linking to a, 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 a page that either one maybe doesn't exist anymore, maybe it's broken, doesn't exist. Actually, if it's broken and you still approach them with better content, they're probably gonna be more likely to update it. But let's just say, you say, look, you know, you're linking to this page, great, don't ask to maybe remove it or anything like that. You just may not come off as a good person. Um, so you might just say, look, I noticed you linked on this page, like your page that you wrote back then, you linked to this. Um, maybe on this other page, you can link to my 2018 one. And if that other old page is linking to a broken 404, then I don't see anything wrong with you going in and saying, would you update that link to, to that bridal magazine or influencer or wherever that may be and say, I've got a better article that's a bit more updated. And if you believe, and then you don't want to spam, right? you, want to, you want to write, you want to do some hard work and actually write a customized, nice, polite, gentle, soft message and say, would you have a look at my content? If you find it that it's valuable to your users, would you mind linking to it? And if you do that enough times so for the right people, customized, and you're producing great quality content, it works. And I, it does work. I did it and it works. We, we did it for four or four pages. It does work, guys, 100%. So Content Roadshow, Brian from, from Backlink Co, shout out, awesome strategy. Now, this is our good old fashioned contact. So building good old fashioned, good old fashioned, so you don't really, you're not really going out directly with your content on a roadshow scale but you're building relationships. Now you think, oh, but that doesn't kind of give me any value now. Well, you've got to be patient sometimes and you don't want to be a jackass rude person and just only be out for what you can get rather than what you can provide, okay? So you want to build, if you're representing a client in jewelry or interiors or whatever, you really want to have the client's permission that you can do it. Build relationships because you're a nice person and it's, it's, it's really good to, to even help. So with the interiors client, there's heaps of websites and bloggers and influencers that talk about a lot about interiors and all these nice things. We may give them some extra value. Maybe we'll do an SEO audit for them on behalf of the client and say, we did this SEO audit, but it's from client name. And you're building relationships and eventually they'll be like, well, you've done so much for me. Then when you do come across and say, you know what? You're producing an article on, on this going forward. Would you mind if you link to X page? If you've built the relationship, you've provided value, and then you ask over time, they're more than a link to you. Now, you're gonna say, but what about they're gonna charge money? Everyone charge look, everyone charges money, I get that. 
It's true. It's true. I've, I've, I've faced that as well. But that's where you have to be creative in how you provide value to that customer. So, oh, sorry, to that influencer or to that blog. Now, the old school was, let me just kind of throw um, guest, you know, uh, throw some guest, uh, guest blogging articles. Look, it's a bit sketchy with the Google guidelines, exactly guest posting and all the sort of rest. But if you can give them content to use, see what I've found is when your site has a lot of images and you're sharing those images and Google are finding, like Google can index the images and you have a good optimized crawlability, sorry, back again on the on page. People will go to Google and actually type different things where your images might come up and they're gonna likely, do, they're gonna probably gonna use it and then they might even credit you. So there's two things you can do with this, with this contact list. One, you can then provide value to that person over time. You build a strong relationship and then eventually, if that contact influencer, whoever it is, builds a, con a piece of content where you, where you can either create another content that would add value, they, they may give you that link for free. I'm not saying this is, the, this is more of a big picture strategy and so it's a forever, sort of forever strategy in a sense because it doesn't really have a time limit on it. It's, it's good business to be building relationships with people in your industry anyway. And then eventually, when they realize that you're not just coming after them for a link only because then they're going to send you a, a media kit, but you're actually going to provide them unique value in a customized, tailored way, I'm very confident that if you keep giving, giving, giving without the expectation of return, they will give you a link. They will have you on their contact list. Um, I actually had a relationship, uh, a good friendly relationship with a lady that worked for a big, um, huge sort of website, I mentioned, doesn't really matter, but it's a big, big, big site that they, they blog on things like The Bachelor and all the rest of it. And because I have that relationship, so this is a real life example of this in practice, um, I approached her and said, this article talks about this particular ring. Well, this particular ring is something that we offer. Bang, link up. Now, if I didn't have that relationship, 100% there was a media kit coming out instead. So it's a long, 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 long sort of strategy, but it's really important. And I know you guys probably <laughs> seeing it upside down. Okay, I'm gonna breeze for it because we're already on 43 minutes. So charity, it's good to give. Most charities will give you a link in return. So find some of your favorite charities, make sure you believe in what they do, you know, have some character about it, right? So find some charities, give them a donation. Um, email me if you want a list of some don charity donation sites because we usually keep sites that are, that are more or less sort of open to it. And if the charity isn't really, really big and they're kind of small charities and you believe in the initiatives, they're probably more likely to say, yeah, sure, have we got to, you know, you know, donate this and we'll give you this. But have character about it. Like, like give them the money anyway and then just say, would you mind linking to us because it would, it would mean a, a great deal to us. Social media, I think I'm going to have to leave it because it wasn't in the original reply and it's going to take longer. If I have time, and I'll see what I can do. Reviewing supplies, and this obviously comes back into the sort of the contacts list, but on a more generic scale, supplies that sort of on a on a large scale that is give that are providing a lot of value that that your that your clients either buying from them 
or, or whatever sort of current relationship that's already established. So this one is more of the contacts one that I mentioned above. That was more establishing relationships. The, the reviewing supplies and, and, and whatnot is more uh, maximizing if you provided value for a long time to ex existing sort of suppliers or, or manufacturers, or I don't know, whatever. Whatever your business has good close relationship. Most businesses over time have kept relationships with with other, with other, obviously with other um, companies and so forth, and they have websites. And if it makes sense from a business point of view, they will link to you if they're, if they're buying a lot or you've provided them with value and good service over time. When I was working for a large online retailer, some of you may know who that is. We did this with LG, worked. We did this with Sony, worked. So on a, on a smaller level, it's good, obviously, to ask if you are, you know, because if they're getting a lot from you, then it's not so bad to kind of then ask for, for links when they're due. Um, an emailing, that, and then also what you can do, what also I also intended to say in the tweet back um, was if you, actually this worked with uh, James, who's probably definitely watching this because I'm going to tell him I've shouted out to him about a few times. James kind of, he wrote an article about a long time ago, he wrote the top, I think, 10 SEOs under the age of 30, and he wrote that ages ago. And all those SEOs, he linked out and messaged all the SEOs and said, blah, blah, blah. Not only did we link to his site because it was a bit of ego bait, right? There's a bit of a strategy there. Not something that I'm overly comfortable with, but it can work. He basically went out and said, you know, um, I've done this, blah, blah, blah. Not only did we link to him, but we are building links to his page because it mentioned us. And we, we, we actually generated him a lot of traffic, not just because of the links that we were sending, but also from the views and, and the, the, the social media sharing and all the rest of it. And I wanted to tell my mom and blah, 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 that other top SEOs think that I'm in the top 10, number 30. So a little bit of, um, if you believe that these people are great or you believe you, you, you're looking at a product and you're giving them a positive review, this usually will work with, with more small to medium based either influencers or websites or whatnot. And if you review their products and you give an honest assessment, I mean, I mean, if you're in the nutrition space and you want to review other products that can that can, you know, blend almonds better and they'll send you, they'll more and if you've got a bit of an audience, they're gonna send you opportunities. So if you've got the audience already, you're probably gonna get opportunities. But if you don't have the audience and the reputation and you're approaching other sort of companies that are sort of on your level and you say, hey, I just, I just, I just reviewed your, your blender, for example. Um, here's the article. I, tr I tried it. So you're doing ethical character, you know, showing a good character. I, I bought this. I tried it. I really liked it. I wanted it. So I wrote about it. Um, it's on this page. Feel free to link to it. Most of the time, if, if you got the chemistry right in the email, and you've said the right things and, you, and you're going in with the right intent, authenticity and intent, very important, then they're gonna to link to your website. And so, guys, I've gotta leave the social media because we just, we're just almost 50 minutes. So social media is really, really, really important in, in getting the, building the contacts and pretty much sort of doing the content roadshow, building the contacts, um, doing the other strategy that I mentioned so I think so, one, two, three, four, five. Yes, yeah, so I mentioned broken links, content roadshow, building contacts, charities, 
and the supplies that I've just mentioned and obviously um, contacting those that you've already built an established relationship with. So you can kind of use social media to kind of do at least the contacts and at least the contacts and the content roadshow um, strategies and combine them. But I can't go into that because I, for the sake of this of this um, video. So hopefully, guys, if anything was kind of unclear or something wasn't right or you didn't understand something that I wrote because. Now, like I can see it playing back. I don't even understand what I wrote unless I'm looking at it. But hopefully, if there's anything unclear, I just want to be with more presenting. I just got to use a whiteboard to kind of write things. Um, you know, like comment below. I mean, this is where I'm going to try to do at least once a month do an Ask Glynos show um, and keep my podcast for basically everything else that I like to talk about. And that talks a little bit more about me. I will mention SEO and I will mention things from time to time. But I'm going to keep YouTube again strictly on SEO and the Ask Glenos Show. So guys, if you've got a question, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Instagram, ask me a question. You know, you can contact me through the website as well. But let's start building up the Ask Glenos trend. Yay! Awesome. Guys, if you enjoyed it, thumbs up, comment, subscribe, whatever you got to do. I'll appreciate it one way or the other. Um, and I would really, really love a question. Uh, if you've got a question on this, please let me know. Thanks a lot, guys. It was a pleasure. I had so much fun. I just couldn't stop talking. And I mentioned 20 minutes and that was just didn't happen. So, awesome. Have a good weekend, guys. Um, yeah, I'll speak to you soon.